Welcome to Knives and Roses Podcast. I'm Hillary with my co-host Amy, reviewing the suspense and romantic suspense novels you'll want to add to your TBR pile. My name is A.D. Lawrence. You can call me Amy and I will be sharing some of my favorite books with you. Of course, my favorites all have to do with suspense and grisly deaths or other such crimes. But I'm excited to share the books I'm reading with you and the books that I cannot wait to read. And I'm Hillary Hamblin, and you can just call me Hillary. And I'm excited to share the books that I am reading. They waffle back and forth between some historical suspense, suspense, romantic suspense. And I'm excited for our first podcast episode. Amy, do you want to tell us what you've been reading? I have been reading Cold Pursuit by Nancy Mel. It is the first book in the Ryland and St. Clair series, and I'm pretty sure the second one is coming out soon, and I'm honestly very excited for it. The first one was so good, and I will read the back cover copy because I don't want to give any spoilers to people because I hope you actually read it. Um, it says, ex-FBI profiler River Ryland still suffers from PTSD after a case went horribly wrong. Needing a fresh start, she moves to St. Louis to be near her ailing mother and opens a private investigation firm with her friend and former FBI partner, Tony St. Clair. They're soon approached by a grieving mother who wants them to find out what happened to her teenage son who disappeared four years ago. River knows there's almost no hope the boy is still alive, but his mother needs closure and River and Tony need a case, no matter how cold it might be. But as they follow the boy's trail, which gets more complicated at every turn, they find themselves in the path of a murderer, determined to punish anyone who gets in his way. As River and Tony race to stop him before he kills again, an even more dangerous threat emerges, stirring up the past that haunts River and plotting an end to her future. So that's what I've been reading and what I've been loving. That sounds great. So do you want to tell us about your favorite character? Now, this will probably be a little controversial, so I will have to definitely explain myself. My favorite character was the villain, which is awful of me, I know. But it's not because I think we'd be best friends. So like, you don't have to worry for me and call the authorities. But it, he was so well written. And I've never, at least in the Christian fiction market, I've never read a book that has an actual like, he's such a bad guy. But then you also, he had such a pitiful little life. And I mean, I wanted him to be thrown directly into jail, but I also wanted to give him a hug because he was just, he was so mentally ill and he was, he was just written really, really well. And I was almost as excited to see the chapters he was in as I was the actual main characters. My son's favorite character from Star Wars is Darth Vader. So I am not scared of people who like the villain. Well, Darth Vader has such a complicated history, so I would agree he with He has a complicated history, too. Yes. Yes. And I feel like that's what I like. I don't like this cookie cutter. This person is just bad. And he's just bad. And all we know is that he runs around doing bad things because that's not how real people are. Like, we all have the, like, we can all do something bad. But we also have other facets to ourselves, and we're not one-dimensional. So I like that, yeah, he's bad. 
and I want him to rot in jail forever. But also it's like, you need a hug so bad. And maybe you could have been better if someone had just loved you. That's the the best villains always have someone who cares about them and mm-hmm. some some redeeming quality where you're like, yeah, but yeah. And but. I don't know that he even has a redeeming quality because he's oh kind no. Of, <laughs> he's he pushes people away, but it's also like he hears voices and oh, what wow. he's dealing with is very scary. And so I don't know. I just feel like the poor guy, you know, he, he couldn't catch a break. Not from the time he was an infant, he couldn't catch a break. And so now he's hearing voices and they're not telling him to go bake people sheet cakes. So this is what's happening. He doesn't, he doesn't really have any redeeming qualities. <laughs> he's, he's just pitiful. And so maybe it's just, I just hurt for pitiful people I guess I do change the subject just a little bit I do really love the character named River oh yes I do too it's I don't know that I would ever name my child that but for a character name I love it I love it oh I would never name a human child that that I pushed out of my body but I do like to have because I think it's not a baby name it's an adult name for an FBI agent in a book and this is what we're here yes yes for any listeners whose children are named River. We love you so much. Make fabulous FBI agents one day. They will be so good in the FBI. You don't even know. Perfect. Perfect. You've set them up. So tell me about reviews about this book. Have you read any that you didn't agree with? Oh, yes, I did. I am terrible about, I will be in the middle of a book and I'll start reading reviews. And sometimes I look at it and it's just like, are we even reading the same book? I think you left this on the wrong book altogether. Um, There was one, I knew what the lady was talking about, but I 100% did not agree with her. Um, Part of the plot line, I guess, is that River is taking care of her mother, who she's a caregiver for her mother who has Alzheimer's or dementia, something along those lines. So, Not to mention the fact that her mother was never good to her and blames her for all kinds of things that as a child, she had literally no hand in at all. So there's not a lot of love there. And the fact that she's willing to caregive for someone who is poisonous against her, I kind of feel for her in that. And also caregiving is hard. It's never ending and it takes a toll on you in a lot of different ways. Well, there's a point in the story where a river snaps and she does something that she instantly regrets doing. But the person on the review pretty much just crucified her like, she's supposed to be a hero, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I get that. But if you don't start somewhere with someone, how are there, if they're already perfect to begin with, how are they going to have a character arc? where they're better at the end or where they're more understanding or more compassionate. Not to mention the fact that I honestly think if you are willing to say, like you can't have been a caregiver if at some point it hadn't at least crossed your mind to do something that Jesus wouldn't like, you know, because we're human. We have feet of clay. And I didn't agree with the way that they're just like, she's not a hero. No, she was dealing with a lot. And 
dealing with a woman who's constantly throwing trash up in your face that you had nothing to do with and then you have to do everything for this person while they're berating you I think it's human nature also at that point in the book I don't even believe she was a Christian so you can't expect someone to act in a way that isn't coming like it's the Holy Spirit that helps you with those kind of things so I didn't agree with that I felt like they were unduly harsh on the poor girl I've wanted to slap people before I haven't acted on it, but I've wanted to do it when they test me. So I think it's natural. Haven't we all? <laughs> I, I mean, if you say you haven't, you're lying and lying is sin. So there's that. There's that. There's that. So tell me about the setting. The setting. So it's called Cold Pursuit and it's set in a very cold climate. Oh my goodness. I wouldn't want to live there because I feel like I'm already living there. We're supposed to get, I think, I think it's in Kansas. It was either Kansas or Northern Missouri, but it's like, it's, there's a blizzard happening at the same time all this is happening. And so I wouldn't love it. We're supposed to get a blizzard tonight. Like I'm ready to move. I'm ready to move somewhere where there's a beach. So, but it did add to the story with kind of, upping the ante with the whole being you know you're trying to drive and get somewhere and you're just kind of fishtailing all over on the bad road so it did add a lot to the plot but i wouldn't purposefully move there unless they had a really good aldi's or something right (laughs) otherwise that's a hard no from me I'm a hard no for cold climates too. Oh my goodness. 75 and flip-flops is like my ideal thing. That's the perfect temperature. It really is. It is it is not the temperature that it is here now or that it stays for very long here. But <laughs> on those days, on those, those days. days. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I would definitely not move somewhere like where I am right now. Or visit. <laughs> so so there's that we're expecting lots of wind but no no blizzards well hopefully you don't get ice because when i lived in oklahoma we got ice all the time and that was a little dangerous if we get anything it'll be ice but i don't think this week potentially the week after but you never know like um predictions here of snow and ice are notoriously difficult um Mm. because it could be Yes, or it could be no, and it can change within 10 minutes. Like, one minute we're expecting three inches of snow, and the next minute all we have is mud. Oh. And that's all we're getting. So, <laughs> Well, and neither one of those options are pleasant, per se. Neither of those options are pleasant. No. All right, so we are rating our books. Um, our podcast is called Knives and Roses because we're rating our books on suspense giving them one through five knives for suspense and then one through five roses based on the amount of romance in the novel. Um, so tell me about Cold Pursuit. Where does it rank on our um, knife scale? On the knife scale, out of five knives, I would give it four and a half knives. Ooh, there can always be more dead bodies. But honestly, it was, there were times that were very tense. And yes this is a book that kind of stuck with me because it had a lot of tense moments so i would definitely say four and a half knives very good what about roses it's the romance level 
Well, it is right up my alley because I don't like romance at all. And so <laughs> uh, I would give it a rose just because there is simmering going on. I believe this is going to be a trilogy, so I'm sure by the end we'll be stuck reading some romance because that's what publishers like to publish. But I would give it half a rose, which is a solid good thing in my book because I also feel like in a lot of these books, they get very, I don't, I just feel like these people are not in love. They're trauma bonded. And it's like, you've known her for 30 seconds. Cool it. You don't love her. You don't know. You, you don't know anything about her other than she dodged that last bullet. You don't love her. I'm sorry. You do not know any of her dirty little secrets. But with this one, I will say at least they work together in the FBI. So I prefer that. So at least they have a friendship foundation to start from. As opposed to just, hey, I just met you and this is crazy. I'm going to put a ring on it. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Get some counseling first. And then. Yes. Lots and lots of counseling. You've been then through Then let's so talk much. about relationships. Yeah. Yes, get yourself figured out. You've seen a lot of death and carnage. Anything else about Cold Pursuit? Was there anything you'd learned? Like, are there life lessons in Cold Pursuit? Um, I would say probably, I don't know, just that, oh, it's hard to say. Like, I feel like there's so many times, again, going back to my villain, who was just a disturbed little man, um, you see people on the street, especially at Walmart, because it's kind of a hotbed for humanity. Right. And you, you look at them and think that they're just a total disaster. And maybe you're a little judgmental or maybe you're better than I am. I tend to be a little judgmental and I can fashion what I figure somebody's whole life looks like. But you don't know what's going on under the surface. You don't know just by looking at somebody what they've been through and so just giving people a little more grace and benefit of the doubt because I'm not always good at that so that's my takeaway from it it probably would someone more compassionate than myself would probably have a different one that sounds pretty compassionate to be honest um but yeah we we don't know what's happening with other people no even if they look like like you they look like oh i know what what's up with these guys right i i don't it could be a lot worse than what i think so we'll move on then to a twisted love story by samantha downing if you're ready i am That's, ready i'm that so is what i read um i read her earlier book my lovely wife several years ago and it was fantastic um so i've been listening to a twisted love story uh, on Audible because I have a long commute and so I listen a lot to books. I'll read the back cover copy. Wes and Ivy are madly in love. They've never felt anything like it. It's the type of romance people write stories about. But what kind of story? When it's good, it's great. Flowers, grand gestures, deep, meaningful conversations where the whole world disappears. When it's bad, it's really bad. Vengeful fights, damaged property, arrest warrants. But their vicious cycle of catastrophic breakups and head-over-heels reconciliations needs to end fast. Because suddenly, Wes and Ivy have a common enemy, and she's a detective. 
There's something Wes and Ivy never talk about, in good times or bad. The night of their worst breakup, when one of them took things too far and someone ended up dead. If they can stick together, they can survive anything, even the tightening net of a police investigation. Because one more breakup just might be their last. Mm. <clears throat> now, I have to say, Wes and Ivy have the most toxic relationship I've ever read about. <laughs> oh, I mean, so toxic because in the beginning, and I, I won't give spoilers, but the very first chapter, the police detective shows up to Wes's office because Ivy has brought her evidence that Wes is stalking Ivy. And has gone to the police to talk to the police about it. Ivy went to the police and told the police that Wes was stalking her because she thought if the police called him, that would drive him to her door. Which it did. He was not stalking her. She wanted his attention. And this was her grand gesture. To get his attention. And this is what their relationship has been like for 10 years. Off and on. Breakups. Getting back together. Things being great. And then little digs that get under each other's skin and they know what they're doing and they can't stop. So they really both need to just walk away. They need to walk. Pump the brakes all the way for sure. That would be such a stressful way to live. Well, I think that the characters like that drama. Like I think, I think there's a certain amount of adrenaline and when they first get back together, and it's, it's real spicy. so good yeah. that the world disappears and there is a connection there well and it's probably very true to life when you think about it because like i think we all know someone who drama just circulates wherever they go and they wouldn't even know how to act if things were normal and peaceful and I guess that's how these two kind of sound. Who do you think um, in that relationship is the most toxic between the two of them? I really think it's Ivy. Mm -hmm. I really think it's Ivy. Like Wes does some things that are are pretty nasty as well. Um, But I, I think Ivy's the instigator. Well, I mean, going to the cops and like reporting someone for stalking, that's kind of a big deal. So obviously she's willing to, yeah, she's willing to, do an awful lot just for attention which is a little bit sad that she has such attention seeking behavior but well and that's what what gets them into trouble is because the detective even after ivy says oh everything is fine now the detective isn't quite so sure and when she starts looking into their background that's when things really start to get dicey that that sounds interesting. That sounds like a book I definitely need to put on my list. I mean, it sounds like there was so many questions. Do you feel like they were all answered well? Or were there loose ends that were not tied up quite so well? Some of the loose ends were things like, Wes is a sales rep, but we don't know what he sells. Hmm. Like, I was, as that I was could thinking be important. Like, Do we really know what he sells? He could be selling Kirby vacuum cleaners or he could be a gun runner. Like, we don't even know. Exactly. Hmm. Did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? I watched a few episodes, yes. So throughout that, um, one of the characters had a a high-profile job. He made a whole lot of money. He was the the wealthy one. Um, But nobody ever knew what he did. 
like even they would go to his office and they're like what do you do and he would change the subject all the time and at the very end of the series like you find out why um but I kind of feel like it's that that situation of oh he makes good money and he's a sales account rep for this company and we don't really know yeah know what he sells that could be pertinent information too right and we don't know what ivy really does at work either um so that was interesting to me ivy works for a corporate company and her actual work takes her about two hours every day and then she spends the rest of her day learning new languages Hmm. um she has well, a, I was going to say, whatever she's doing, she definitely has plenty of time to run to the police accusing people of, of time. things. Yes. She needs to get a second job if she cannot keep out oh, of the She place. talks about one of her co-workers actually works a second job from the first job. Maybe Because there's co- not enough work to go around. Mm. So, the, so they all just have plenty of time. So she needs to take... Yeah. A, yeah page out of her co-worker's book and find some supplemental things to occupy her time because apparently it is true that idle hands are the devil's workshop for ivy Uh yes for (laughs) ivy yes yes so i mean it's pretty crazy that she went to the police but did either one of them do and something even crazier as like a grand gesture to get attention from the other one well, they did a lot of grand gestures. Um, one of the grand gestures that I thought was really funny is uh, Wes talks about how um, one of their first dates, they went and picked out junk food. And um, and the junk food that she liked was, uh, I forget, a, a specific soft drink that nobody really likes and a specific kind of chip. And so when he... he sh- um, bribed her roommate in college to be out of the room one night and when she came in he had like filled up the whole room with the junk food that she preferred oh wow um and when she got mad at him one night she took his favorite junk food crumbled it up in a bowl and then poured her favorite soft drink on top of it and they did not have any of that p- specific soft drink in the house so he knew that she went out of her way to go to the store to buy this soft drink to like create this concoction in the middle of the kitchen table to gross him out. And he mm-hmm. just said that um, he had never known somebody who got out of their way for him like that. Well, he went out of his way to be nice in the beginning and she went out of her way to just act like a literal psychopath. Apparently she sounds. Well, they both did. Like, they, they were both yeah. nice in the beginning and then, um, they would do things just to get under each other's skin. What a charming relationship. It was a turbulent relationship for sure. Oh my goodness. And were there lots of twists and turns? Like was the ending what you were expecting? Um, the ending was somewhat unexpected, but not totally unexpected. There were some twists and turns. If we're talking on our knives scale, I would probably give it a two and a half or a three Hmm. it was interesting but it wasn't totally suspenseful there weren't a lot of twists and turns there were connections of people that I didn't expect and now on the rose scale I don't even know if we want to talk red roses or black little dead roses because it sounds like their relationship was a whole diaper fire when we're coming into romance I would probably give it maybe two roses because it really was a love story, 
um, as the title suggests, a twisted love story versus a romance. And my, I've not looked up the actual definition of love story versus romance, but romance is more boy meets girl, boy and girl fall in love. They have some problems, but eventually they live happily ever after. Yeah. And I think a love story is less of falling in love and more of maybe surviving. Yeah, being in love and how you get over the hard times more so. Right, right. That- and so there's just really more of a love story than a romance. So there wasn't a lot of romancing. Um, you hear about some of the romancing earlier. Unless you think about those grand gestures and throughout it, um, Ivy will say, I think, I think this is just him preparing another grand gesture and you got to say no no he's not (laughs) this is not a grand gesture you are demented poor thing there were two other characters the guy in my book because he's crazy too they'd be a perfect match there were two other characters who have point of view chapters um one is the detective who has her own heartache in her um, background and that really colors how she sees this relationship. And so Mm -hmm. her perspective is skewed based on her own experience. And then there is the point of view of the administrative assistant at Wes's company. And I have to say, I think that we can take some lessons from this book about that administrative assistant because she (laughs) knew everything. Give them a very nice gift on administrative assistance day. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, Amy, so what are you reading next? What's on your TBR pile? Next, I am reading A Cry in the Dark by Jessica Patch, which I'm very excited about because I've heard good things as far as suspense goes with her. So I'm excited, like super excited. Oh, I'm so excited for you to read that. I actually read it. um, I was on her book launch for that Mm -hmm. book. Um, So I actually read it before it went out. And I think that was the one I was drying my hair one night and the electricity went off and I was reading the book while I was drying my hair and the electricity went off and I was terrified. Like <laughs> I was in the middle See, of and that's really how suspenseful you know. good. and the power went off and I thought, oh, this, this is, is when it ends. Good. Yes. And that's how you know a book is good. Like that's, or when you're so into it, like not only do you feel like you're in danger, but you're terrified for the characters in the book because there was a book I read a while back, Stephen James's book, where his stepdaughter was, I don't even know what was happening. I think she was about ready to be drowned by a weirdo. And I went to bed at night and I laid my head on my pillow and I prayed to God that Tessa would be safe. <laughs> and then I thought to myself, <laughs> she's not even a human person. She is a literally not even real. And that's how I knew I was sucked all the way into that story. I was writing, um, I was writing a scene in a book a few years ago where a character was being kidnapped and my husband walked in and he was like, you look really serious. I was like, this character is being kidnapped. And he says, you act like you don't have anything to do with it. It's like, well, I, I don't, I mean, what happens in the book happens in the book. It does. Even if you're the writer, you don't. There's a kidnapping in progress. Of course, you're going to look serious. Of course. This is a big deal. But Jessica Patch is excellent. Um, I'm excited to hear what you think about that book. I'm I'm excited for it. That's for sure. What are you going to be looking at next? I am going to be listening to He Should Have Told the Bees by Amanda mm-hmm. Cox. I read another of her books um, a few years ago and 
very, very talented writer. So I'm excited to read this one or listen to it. Uh, as I said, I listen to a lot of books because I am on the road and I commute about an hour and a half to two hours total round trip every day. That would and be only redeeming. this one was on sale on Audible. So I don't know if it's still on sale when people are listening to this, but it was on sale on Audible. And uh, I was really excited to to listen to it. That'll be good. And I've seen the cover of it and it is beautiful. And that's usually why I pick books because I'm very surfacey like that. And if the cover looks snazzy, I'll take it. I will judge a book by its cover. Every time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I think that's our podcast for today. Um, thank you to all of our listeners, probably my mom and sisters and we appreciate you listening to us talk about books today. And if you want to know more about me, you can find me on Facebook, usually Hillary P. Hamlin. And that's Hillary with one L on Facebook. That's my author page. And I would love for you to follow me there. And my website, HillaryHamlin.com. And I review a lot of books, not just suspense, not just Christian fiction, but a lot of different types of books on my blog. And then I sometimes write about what's happening in our lives and um, include some devotionals. And right now, if you sign up for my email list, you will get a free devotional with 32 devotionals and memory verses uh, in your inbox. So there you have it. And if you want to follow me, I can be found on Facebook under A.D. Lawrence. Um, and Instagram is a period D period Lawrence underscore author. And my website is adlawrencebooks.com. And I hope to see you on my newsletter so you can get some fun stuff. And we'll be back next week with another review of more books.